Your heart. It's the only one you have. Fortunately, you also have a choice. Expert cardiologists, talented surgeons, highly skilled specialists, all of whom chose WakeMed. Why? The main reason is the same reason patients choose WakeMed. Everything you need for the best possible care is right here. Learn more at WakeMed.org. WakeMed Heart and Vascular Physicians. Your heart, your choice. All right, so we actually just spoke. We're going to get to the NBA draft here in a little bit, but we just talked to State Senator, the, the Majority Whip, Jim Perry, about the sports gambling bill, about casinos here in the state of North Carolina. The sports gambling bill has been passed through the House, has been passed through the Senate. It's on the desk of Roy Cooper, and by what Jim Perry just told us a matter of moments ago, if you want to hear that full conversation, it's on the best of 99.9 The Fan Podcast. Now, it looks like we might have a ceremonial signing of that Middle of next week is what it appears. Yeah, the governor has 10 days, so that would put it next Friday or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, the middle of next week sounds right. As I mentioned, the, a lot of Republicans are down in Greenville this weekend for the, the Republican Nas- uh, state convention. Yep. Ron DeSantis is there. Mike Pence is there. Donald Trump is going to be there tomorrow. So, obviously, they're preoccupied at the moment. Slightly. And a lot of Republicans helped pass this bill. So, I, I would think if the governor is going to have a ceremony, he wants d- Democrats and Republicans Probably some hurricanes, maybe some NASCAR folks. Yeah, I mean, all those people have worked very Carolina hard on Panthers the bill. Folks. Yeah, and so and and we know the governor loves sports, mm-hmm. and so to surround himself with with some sports folks in the in the from the state makes a lot of sense. That it does. But something that you asked Brian was about conference realignment. So we got earlier in the show a conversation about what SEC commissioner. Greg Sankey said about conference realignment, all of a sudden he's like, yeah, why Why is everyone always trying to poach off teams and schools? Because, you know, we did that a few years ago. Why is everyone trying to copy us, basically? This is what Jim Perry had to say, and where I include your question here of this, when it comes to state schools here in North Carolina that may want to try and leave the ACC for somewhere else. We talked a little bit about conference realignment earlier today. Um, someday there may come a time where the ACC Mm. doesn't exist anymore or or schools are looking to get out of the ACC. Certainly I know both of those schools have powerful alums. Do you think there's any chance that those schools would be allowed to – to leave the ACC and go their own separate ways, even if it meant, you know, one of them gets to the SEC and and the other one doesn't? Oh, man, you're giving me a trap question. (laughs) Uh, But I I will answer it. No. No. do not. So if, if Carolina got invited to the SEC and NC State was going to be relegated to a, a diminished ACC, you don't think they'd be allowed to go? I, I do not. All right. It's just one idiot's opinion. No, no, one powerful idiot's opinion. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's, again, State Senator Jim Perry uh, answering that question. This is something that a lot of states, I, know, I think Virginia kind of has the same type thing, where if UVA goes into a conference – the University of Virginia, Virginia Tech's also you got, you got to take both, and that's kind of like their their package deal. Like these larger state universities have to go to a conference together. Yeah, I don't. I, I I'm going to disagree slightly. I don't think they have to go to a conference together. Okay, but I think they ha- both have to go to a good conference, or at least go to a major conference. Yeah. So okay. like if if Carolina and Virginia say go to the the SEC. I don't think that can happen unless NC State and Virginia Tech get to go to the Big Ten or, yeah. or vice versa. The, the Carolina and UVA go to the Big Ten. I think there has to be a comparable landing spot okay. for for the other school, for NC State. But if you said, hey, look, 
NC State got invited to the SEC, and Carolina is going to have to play in an ACC where they're being paid thirty million dollars less, fifty million dollars less. I think the Board of Regents or the Board of Governors and state lawmakers would raise a stink about that for sure. Um, and you just heard it from Jim Perry; he said no. I don't. I don't think they'd be allowed to. I think probably the more likely scenario: Carolina gets an invitation to the Big Ten or the SEC, NC State gets left out. That you're going to have a political fight. I used to, I, I used to think um, that you would look at the difference and say, "Whoa, like there's a fifty million dollar difference. We're going to make Carolina play in a league with a fifty million dollar difference mm-hmm. um, when they have an opportunity to get out." But I think that the pull of keeping those two schools together, or at least on equal footing, is such that I think they might they might not let them go. And then the question becomes, does a league want to take both of them? Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not sure. I mean, I do think there's a scenario in which the Big Ten takes UNC and the SEC wanting to get into the state of North Carolina takes NC State, which is a much better cultural fit, I think, in a lot of ways for the SEC. Um, I could see something like that happening, and I think that would be allowed. But I don't think they're going to let Carolina go to the SEC and, and NC State have to play in a league that maybe includes East Carolina or or Appalachian State at some point as they try to backfill members. Or we can just strengthen the ACC and this won't be a problem. But that's the, but again, like this is all like in projecting down the line because again, the whole the grain of rights with the ACC has this conference intact through twenty thirty six. Yeah, I just think it's important, and and one of the reasons I asked, I I think it's important to to hear what people in positions of power and, yeah. and Jim Perry is a powerful senator have to and, and a, a powerful senator who may you know you may hear more from I think possibly down the line could run for higher office. Um, I want to hear what those people have to say because they are the ultimate decision makers in this stuff. We like True. to talk about ADs and even school presidents and uh, and coaches. What we get to hear from them a lot what mm-hmm. they think. In the end, they don't make the decisions on issues like this. Very true. This decision gets made by governors and and you know elected officials uh, that w- that we rarely hear from them on topics like that. Thank you for listening to the Best of the Drive podcast. I'm Tim Donnelly here with Coach Pete Deruda, America's wealth coach and best-selling author. Coach, one of the big questions I always hear is, do I have enough money to retire? Well, maybe, maybe not. The most important thing is you have lifetime income you can never outlive. We'll design that plan for the next 10 people to call. No cost or obligation. Put yourself in control of retirement. Call 800-691-3215. You can also text Tim to 600-700. That's T-I-M to 600-700. You'll hear from Coach Pete and the Capital Financial advisory group we are now less than two weeks away we are 13 days away from the nba draft and there's a lot of local flavor in the nba draft which is something we have every year whether it's players coming from duke from carolina from state from wake forest or maybe people that were from this area uh, or from the state of north carolina that may not have played here but are still from here i started i I want to take a look back because i know Guys like Derek Lively, Derek Whitehead, depending on what recruiting service that you looked at, they were ranked the number one recruit in the in high school coming out of their class in 2022. Some people had Nick Smith, who went to Arkansas as the number one as the uh, number one high school recruit. Looking at the draft for these guys, a lot of them projections on where these guys might get picked. In the latest ESPN mock draft that I saw a week ago, they have Nick Smith going 12th. They have Derek Lively going 14th. They have Derek Whitehead going 26th. Again, depending on what recruiting service you looked at, these guys were the number one high school recruit. Okay, 
So I decided to take a look back at the, the last 12 or so years of the number one high school recruit in the country where they were taken in the draft. Went all the way back to 2011. That's Anthony Davis. Went first overall to New Orleans. Number uh, 2012, Nerlens Noel went sixth overall to New Orleans. 2013, Andrew Wiggins went first overall to the Cavs. Number 2014, uh, Emmanuel Moutier, number one high school player in the country, goes seventh to Denver. 2015, number one high school player Ben Simmons goes to the 76ers first overall. Josh Jackson was the number one player in 2016, gets taken fourth overall. Marvin Bagley, played right here at Duke, was the number one uh, in 2017, went second overall. R.J. Barrett was the number one in his recruiting class in 2018, played here at Duke, went third to the Knicks. Anthony Edwards, 2019, went first overall to the Timberwolves. Kate Cunningham in 2020, he was the first overall or first overall pick for the Pistons. He was the number one recruit in 2020. 2021, it was Chet Holmgren, who went second overall last year to the Oklahoma City Thunder. And that gets us to the top guys of 2022. None of those guys I mentioned got picked any lower than seventh. But now we're looking at, like, Maybe lottery, like late lottery pick. Even if you actually include Gigi Jackson, who was, again, supposed to go to Carolina, part of the class of 2023, reclassified to go to to 2022 to play at South Carolina this past season, they're projecting him to be an early second-round pick. This guy was was the projected number one guy in his recruiting class. I was like, what happened to the talent, Brian Murphy? (laughs) Like, like why all of a sudden is, like, the number one guy in high school – I see constantly getting picked first, second, third, fourth, sixth, seventh. And all of a sudden now we get guys who can't even get into the first round? Well, a, a couple Potentially. things. Potentially. Uh, you know, I think in some of those years, the I think the fact that we're talking about three different guys, Nick Smith, Lively, and Whitehead. But still. Tells you that there wasn't a consensus number one yeah. in high school, whereas, you know, Anthony Davis and some of the guys, Anthony oh, Edwards. were like legit were, you, you knew, no doubt about, they are the best prospect. I mean, we've got a lot of foreign influence. In this draft, mm-hmm. Wembenyama is is French. Is going to go number one. Is going to go number one, even if he blows out his knee tonight. Uh, you know, playing for the playing for his French team. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some other players from his team, I think, that are projected to go in the first round. Yeah, uh, we've seen what Overtime Elite is doing, and and I wonder if some of those players don't get graded. No, they do. Like Scoot Henderson was thirteenth right. in his. But class. Are, are they being graded the same way as you know, if you're playing true high school ball? Are you getting graded differently than if you're playing in overtime elite and stuff like that? I don't know. I don't. I don't have a great answer for you. I think Whitehead got hurt early at Duke mm-hmm. and now is undergoing surgery again. Yeah, had a and, second one. And so that's obviously impacting his draft status. I don't know if he'd been healthy all year. Would he? Would he be a top five pick? The guy that I that I like is lively. Um, Another guy that that got hurt when he was at Duke, so he didn't get to showcase his full game at Duke. And also at Duke, played next to Filipowski, wasn't asked to be a scorer. Mm-hmm. Um, was asked to be a rebounder and and a shot blocker. Yeah, he's a rim guy. But I've seen these workouts where he's just sitting at the three point line, just draining three pointers. Yeah, and so. Is he a guy whose game is going to translate better to the NBA than it did to college? And if you get him at 14 or 15 or 16, are you going to get a steal like a Giannis Antetokounmpo who went 13th overall and, and won two MVPs? Or or a Jokic who went 42nd overall, got picked during a Taco Bell commercial, yeah. and is now two-time MVP. They're debating whether he's one of the 15 greatest players of all time. Um, I don't know if Lively's going to be that good, but I, I do wonder if he's a guy – who might be better in the pros than than he was in college, and might some teams may kick themselves. Why, why didn't we take him earlier? Mm-hmm. I it's 
I always find it fascinating every year in the NBA draft how we're looking at guys projected to be like eighth or ninth overall in some of these projections, and you're like the the analysis is like, well, he might eventually in four years develop into like a rotational guy off the bench, might give you like 14 minutes. I'm like, wait a second. If you're going to go in the top 10 in my mind, you better eventually be a starter. I'm like, it's like, is when we talk about like all these guys that we had mentioned, right? All these number one high school recruits, all these five stars, all that kind of stuff. I was like, you telling me that all this talent that we project and see that we can't find like, Three all stars in a recruit in like in a, in a draft class. It, it's tough. Like, there's there's only twenty four all stars in, oh, in the I whole know, league. But like, but still, eventually, guys retire, right? <laughs> Don't they? I no, mean, no. LeBron he, never retires. Well, he's a machine. He's different. But like, but guys do fall out sure. of that. I mean, because I mean, Kemba Walker had his great seasons, but he's not an all star every year. But I'm talking like we're looking at again projections. Why does like the seventh or eighth overall pick project to like, well, he might develop into a rotational player? I'm like, might develop into a rotational <laughs> player? Like, who are the rest of these guys? Like, who are these scrubs? Like, why have a draft if <laughs> well, you're only going to find maybe rotational players? Like, well, let's start. At, let's start at the top. Wembenyama, people think, is well, a generational course. talent. Scoot Henderson, who, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe if you reclassified these guys, might be the number one prospected out of high school yeah certainly is expected to go either two or three and be a very good player Mm -hmm. brandon miller i'd be interested to know where he was you know as a recruit but he's certainly going to be picked in the top three and then and then you'll have guys throughout the first round that that turn out to be better players uh than you thought they would be i I think it one it speaks to the talent in the nba right now Mm -hmm. i think the talent in the nba is as good as it's ever been um there hasn't been expansion in the nba in in quite a long time i i don't think since uh, maybe the Hornets since got the Hornets it, came since back. the Hornets came back, and so the Bobcats, and so you're seeing a ton of um, a ton of international players come over. You're seeing um, lots and lots of of great American players, and and I think you're sort of bursting at the seams a little bit, where the league probably could add add a couple teams. You've heard from Las Vegas; they may be getting a team very soon. Yeah, Seattle has always talked about getting another team. Yeah, I think if you added two more teams, you could disperse the talent a little bit, and maybe the guy that gets picked eighth would be a starter or would be the sixth man as opposed to being the seventh or eighth man. Well, it, yes, I see what you're saying in that, but I'm talking like their talent. They're saying like, well, he has the talent level to get in this. I'm like, it's one thing if you have the talent level to be a starter, but there's so much depth on your team that you are a rotational player. That's a little different because they're just depth, but I'm talking they're like, he might have the skill set to just be this, the, you know, that if that makes sense. Yeah, I get it. I get it. To be fair, they get wrong a lot. Walker well, Kessler, yeah. who played at one year at Carolina before going to Auburn, mm-hmm. was drafted in the mid twenties last year. Mm-hmm. Part of that huge Rudy Gobert trade is now looked at as like a cornerstone type piece in uh, in Utah. He's, he's not going to be an all star. He may be an all star someday, but he, he's not you know going to be an all NBA type guy. But is going to be their starting center probably for the next ten years. And they got him at twenty four. So I think there, you know, maybe maybe this may, may be a down year in the draft. But I think there will always be guys who like. Oh man, I thought that dude was going to be an eighth man, and and look at him now he's now he's our starting shooting guard. I mean, Jimmy Butler was a late first round right. pick who was like twelfth dude, like off, like <laughs> literally like the twelfth man, and all of a sudden he's obviously blossoming in his career at some point. Speaking of, you mentioned Victor Wembanyama; he's going to go number one overall. It's amazing. It, this this kind of like shocked me a little bit. He's still competing for his French team in the playoffs. 
still competing, even though the draft is less than two weeks away. Now I know he's probably pretty secure that <laughs> if he were to get injured, he'd still be number one overall pick. But still, you see guys like in the combine for the NBA won't even do like draft <laughs> measurables. But this dude's still playing competitive games. I just and if you're the Spurs, I, just, I think you'd love to see that. Yeah, absolutely. Here's a guy who just to wants that. to play. I love to see that for sure. Speaking of the NBA, Game Four Finals tonight, we saw the Heat get a win in Game Two, but man, Denver in Game Three just straight took it to them. Here's something I pointed out to Chris Lee yesterday about the Miami Heat: if things aren't going perfect for them, like everything has to be hitting, it's rough going. Whereas Denver can get away with Michael Porter Jr. getting two points. Yeah, and they can still win by 15. Their margin for error is is much much bigger, and that's yes. something I think. Uh, you know, I think I heard Gabe Vincent talk about that today. Like we know our margin of error is much smaller than theirs. I was on last Friday. I said impossible for Miami to win this series. Then they go out and win Game Two, and I, I felt like an idiot. But you watch Game Two, you watch Game One, you watch Game Three, and and that's the same feeling I get. Like Denver doesn't have to play its absolute best. It can play a B minus game and win. Miami has to play an A-plus game and win. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the only way Miami can win is is when they're playing at their peak. Probably They'll probably make fools of me tonight. Miami will win game game four and make this a 2-2 series. But I, it just really feels like Denver is is the better team and and can control the series as long as they play, a, a like I said, a B-minus, B, a B, B-minus type of game. Now, what we talked about guys from the state of North Carolina. Caleb Martin, who's undrafted, Played initially at NC State before going to Nevada. Uh, was undrafted by the Hornets. Got weighed by them. Sick, uh, picked up and signed by the, the by the Miami Heat. In the Eastern Conference Finals, he was absolutely outstanding. Averaging over 19 points a game. He was phenomenal. But he played above his level in that series. If you look at another North Carolinian, Bam Adebayo, who had 22 points and 17 rebounds... He and Jimmy Butler combined for 50 points. The rest of the team only had 44. Actually, Caleb Martin off the bench was the third-leading scorer. He had 10. 10 was their third-leading scorer. So that just kind of goes to show you, again, like everything has to be hitting perfect. Now, I, I want Bam and Caleb Martin to be successful because they're North. They're guys from North Carolina. I want to see these guys ball out. But it's tough sledding for this Miami team. You can say that they overachieved just to even get to this point. Yeah, Caleb Martin. I mean, that's the thing about the NBA, right? Mm-hmm. Caleb Martin looked like an all star. Looked like you know, outplayed oh, yeah. Tatum and Brown for long parts of that series. Mm-hmm. Almost was the MVP of the of that series. I mean, he, he lost the MVP by a single vote to Jimmy Butler. Yeah, but th- that's the difference I think in the NBA between like the stars and and the guys who can be good for a stretch. Caleb Martin can be good for a, for a week, for two weeks. We mm-hmm. saw it, but he can't carry a team. For for long, you know, for an entire playoff, and and I just think in Denver they have two guys who can carry that team in Jamal Murray and and Joker, um, Jokic, and and then they then their role players the the Michael Porter Juniors, the Aaron Gordons just have to be role players. When you look at Miami, they need they need one of those Duncan Robinsons, Gabe Vincents, Caleb Martins, guys who can't carry your team. They need them to carry them in in ways that I just don't think they're capable of doing over a long series long stretch of time you can listen to game four of the nba finals right here tonight on 99.9 the fan tip off just after 8 30 tonight 
if I remember correctly. Uh, speaking of something you can listen to on the fan, you can hear you could have heard it here last night was Stanley Cup Finals Game Three. I predicted it yesterday. I told Chris Lee. Florida Panthers are going to win it 3-2, and they did. And that Matthew Kachuk guy again, but also the guy who showed up really was Sergei Bobrovsky. I, watching that game, it was like, I had flashbacks to the Eastern <laughs> Conference Finals, and I was thinking, uh, Sergei Bobrovsky made this blocker save where he had to go from left to right. I forget who he made the save on. Maybe on Marsha's show. But it reminded me exactly of that one shot that Sebastian Ajo had where all of a sudden you just see the blocker of – Sergei Bobrovsky just come out of nowhere and just make a save on this great shot by Ajo. You're just like, nothing's going to work against this guy. I had flashbacks, Brian Murphy, and it hurt. <laughs> it hurt me. Well, yeah, Kachuk scoring with like two and a half minutes to go in the yeah. third period on a on you know they had pulled the goalie. They were da- they were in danger. The Panthers of going down three zero in that series. Yeah, if, if the Golden Knights could have hung on for for another two and a half minutes, they're up three zero. That series is over. Now, all of a sudden, Kachuk gets a goal. I think it's his 11th of the postseason. Um, pretty unbelievable. They find a way to win it in overtime. Now it's a series, 2-1, to one, game four in Florida. Maybe this is a team of, of – I hate to use the word destiny, but maybe it's a, it is a team that's going to, to ride this wave all the way from the eighth seed all the way to the Stanley Cup championship. They're a good team. They really are a good team, and just it's it just pains me as a Canes fan. It's like we were that close, but you've moved on that close, you've, have I? You've got your spreadsheet out. You're you're looking at cap numbers. You're looking at contracts. You're looking at what's going to happen in this offseason. Oh, I definitely have been. I've been <laughs> I've been scouring trades. I trust me. I, what, you, what have you come up with? What have you? Uh... I Elias Patterson from Vancouver had over a hundred points this past season. I get for a team that is in salary cap purgatory right now. You know what? Those are teams that you go after because guess what? They need to sell off and you can buy low, get high value, which is what Don Waddell and Tom Dundon want. They like to get value and you can get value for guys in trades as opposed to free agency. Because when we talked to Don Waddell a couple of days ago, he said that if you go free agency route, sometimes you got to overpay maybe whether it's the length of the contract or the average annual value of the deal. That's why trading for somebody that already has term on their contract is actually the better route to go. Uh, in order to get those guys, when you talk to Waddell, you you give him your you gave him you gave him some suggestions, right? You know, I we I you know I'll I'll send him some stuff. I got I trust me, I got that spreadsheet ready to go. Your heart, it's the only one you have. Fortunately, you also have a choice: expert cardiologists, talented surgeons, highly skilled specialists, all of whom chose WakeMed. Why? The main reason is the same reason patients choose WakeMed. Everything you need for the best possible care is right here. Learn more at WakeMed.org. WakeMed Heart and Vascular Physicians. Your heart, your choice.